who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, junkies. I figured out how many episodes of Slay remain. After the one you're about to listen to right now, after 27, there are seven episodes to go. It should all finish up on episode number 34. Now, we might do live Q&A episodes to wrap it up nicely. After that, those are always fun. And if you've got questions for the Q&A episode, email them to info at emptyset.com. If you got a question, I'll strive to answer it in real time on one of our Sigler in Place Wednesday live streams. Let me get you caught up on the story, and then we're all going to go repeat Judas Priest lyrics backward until a demon appears. Previously on Slay, Lincoln beat the holy hell out of the guy who mugged Dylan Cantrell, got the gold he needed to pay off Bengals, and took 10 grand for himself. Whatever will he spend it on? Lincoln feels lost and alone. He's been duped by Kalista into protecting her, and now he's contemplating going head-to-head with four deadly bounty hunters. Before he heads out on that mono on quattro mission from which he might not make it back, he needs to help Magda with Billy's training. How desperate is Lincoln? Find out next on Slay, episode number 27. The Christmas music was gone, thank the gods, but the tree and the fake boxes beneath it remained. Maybe it brought joy to the old people who lived out their last days here. Lincoln didn't really know. Holiday season or no holiday season, though, Sunset House still stank of pending death. Lincoln tossed the banded stack of $100 bills onto the reception desk. Sorry, he said. I'm fresh out of envelopes. Smooth as a Vegas dealer, Lloyd swept the stack into a desk drawer and closed it. Thank you, Mr. Franks. That is a bit more than you usually bring. It was ten times more than he usually brought. Lloyd the Vampire, the metaphorical kind, not the real thing, required a grand a month 
to watch out for Lincoln's dad. I need to pay ahead, Lincoln said. There's a chance I, chance I might not be back for a while. A damn good chance he might not be back ever. If he couldn't find a way to take out the four bounty hunters and whatever foot soldiers they brought with them. Well, now you're covered for the rest of the year and then some, Lloyd said. I'll make sure everyone here treats your father right. Would you like me to walk you to his room? Lincoln waved a hand. I know the way. Of course. Lloyd reached into another drawer, came out with a half-full pack of Wrigley's gum. Might I suggest a stick, or three, perhaps? Lincoln knew he should have waited to drink until after this visit, but when that thought crossed his mind, he'd already been pretty hammered. Is it that obvious? I'm afraid so, Lloyd said. Enough that the smell of your breath might upset him. Well, fuck. Lincoln took the entire pack. Thanks. Of course. I hope you have a good visit. Lincoln walked to his father's room, cramming four sticks of gum into his mouth as he did. He heard music coming through the open door. Nocturne in B-flat minor, Opus 9, number 1. Another of his father's favorites. Lincoln stepped through the door and was surprised to see his father with his head up and his eyes alert. No drool on his chin this time. Well, look what the cat dragged in, he said. You actually have time in your busy schedule to visit your father? Lucky me. A rare moment when Jacoby Franks was himself again. Of course, when he was himself, he was still an asshole. A more coherent asshole, sure, but an asshole all the same. This burst of clarity wouldn't last long, Lincoln knew, but it was special to see a shadow of the man he'd once been. Hi, Dad. Where's my bird? Yep, Jacoby was alert, all right. He's outside. Let me go get him. Lincoln sent out thoughts of Jacoby sitting in the wheelchair, then opened the small room's only window. Shitbird was there instantly, through the window and onto Jacoby's blanket-covered lap in an instant. The greatest! The greatest! The greatest! Shitbird crooned as he nuzzled his head under Jacoby's chin. Fianta, my old friend! Jacoby's wrinkled, Scarred hands, gently stroked the crow's folded-up black wing. I have missed you so. When Jacoby hung up his cloak, his familiar had been passed down to Lincoln. Lincoln and Shitbird worked well together, but they had never established the bond shared by his father and the bird. It was a beautiful thing to see, all the more heartbreaking because Lincoln knew it would not last. Shitbird was one of the many things Jacoby usually didn't remember, or he recalled it just long enough to know Shitbird should be remembered, but was not, which upset the old man greatly. I killed a wyvern, Lincoln said. Big sucker, in Wyoming of all places. I'm sure I've killed bigger. Jacoby's slow pets had Shitbird's head hanging in drowsy relaxation. How big? 20-footer. What did you use? Barrett 50 cal with the anti-heel thread coating on the bullets, Lincoln said. Used a glamour to make the thing think it was biting me. I put a round right behind its ear. 
Ah, a dumb one, eh? I once bagged a smart one, 25 feet long, easy, with using nothing but a longbow and a pocket knife. It was probably an exaggeration, but that was the thing. With Jacoby Franks, you never knew. He was a legend for a reason. A rare round of clarity. Maybe, for once, Jacoby could be a real father. Dad, I'm in trouble. I have to take on some seriously dangerous people. Jacoby's eyes narrowed, flashed a gleam Lincoln remembered well. Tell me the details. Lincoln did, quickly running through the story of Billy, Dante, the contract, and the final deal with Callista. Sounds like you're up shit creek without a paddle, Jacoby said. These bounty hunters, are they all Vaders? Vaters. Are they all non-human? Are they all monsters? Well, I know Boss Hog is, Lincoln said. Boss Hog! Is that the guy from the TV show with the orange car and the barely-dressed hillbilly trollop? That show was Dukes of Hazard, Dad. And no, well, sort of. On the show, it was Boss Hog, H-O-G. The guy I'm up against spells it H-A-W-G. Lincoln thought of Hog's boarhead, his hairy pink ears. But yeah, he's a Vader. I don't know about the rest. Jacoby gently extended one of Shitbird's wings, checked the feathers. The crow looked so relaxed, he might as well be dead. I see. Sounds like you're up Shit Creek without a paddle, son. He was repeating himself now. Based on hard-earned experience, Lincoln knew his father's clear mind wouldn't last much longer. Dad, what should I do? Should I try to get to one early? Have Shitbird help me hunt him down? Maybe lure one into a trap. Your familiar's name is Fianna. Jacoby's voice had that fatherly edge to it that still made Lincoln feel a bit like a kid in trouble. And what you should do is call your brother and your sister. The old man was back to forgetting things. I'm caught up in a gang war, and I'm protecting the biggest crime lord in the city, Lincoln said. Hardly the place for active rixators in good standing with a bastion. Jacoby gently scritched Shitbeard's throat. The crow cooed like a pigeon. Family comes first, Jacoby said. You have no allies. Magda's still scared of her own shadow? The comment pissed Lincoln off, but he let it go. She can't leave the church, if that's what you mean. Same difference. Sophia loves you, Lincoln. Which do you think she'd rather attend? A bastion disciplinary council or your funeral? Lincoln had been through three disciplinary councils in his day, and he still had the scars to prove it. And your brother is a good backup for her, Jacoby said. You're outnumbered, Lincoln. If I could help you, I would, but I can't. Your sister, your family. Jacoby trailed off, stared down at Shitbird. Who let a raven in here? Where's that asshole Floyd? Lincoln sighed, reached out, and gently pulled Shitbird off of his father's lap. It's Lloyd, Dad, not Floyd. I'll go get him. Good, Jacoby said. At least you can do something to help your old man. 
His head drooped. His thin silver hair fell down, hung in front of his face, like a colorless, beaded curtain. Lincoln carried Shitbird to the window. Jacoby's going to sleep now, Lincoln said. Go on up, see if the coast is clear. The greatest, the greatest, Shitbird said. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Lincoln kept his pain at bay most times, but Shitbird's heartbreak was a palpable thing, strong enough to blast through Lincoln's emotional defenses, strong enough to bring tears. I know, Fiona, Lincoln said. It hurts me, too. Get to work. Shitbird flapped away into the night. Lincoln turned back to his father, wiped the first dribble of drool from Jacoby's lip. The greatest. A great man laid low by a multitude of injuries and the unforgiving march of time. Time. The one monster that could not be slain. Lincoln walked out of the room, shut the door behind him. He wasn't going to contact Sophia or Lucas. They were full rixators. Their work was important. If Lincoln asked them, he knew they might help him, which might put their calling at risk. And he didn't want that. He had made his bed. Now he would sleep in it. Alone. Howdy! I am Scott, the author of this story. This episode is sponsored by Factor Meal Kits. Eating better is easy with Factor's tasty, ready-to-eat meals. There are 35-plus different options to choose from, including Protein Plus, Keto, and Calorie Smart. Want more tasty math? There are 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor Meals are no prep, no mess. A box of meals ships right to your door, saving you time, unlike those runs to the grocery store, if you know what I'm saying. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. I have eaten a bunch of Factor meals, and I got to tell you, they are really good. So head to factormeals.com slash Sigler50 and use the code Sigler50 to get 50% off. That's code Sigler50 at factormeals.com slash Sigler50 to get 50% off. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Come on, kid, Lincoln said. Bring it. Show me what you got. Magda watched the two men as they prepared to spar. Lincoln stood straight in the center of the mat, hands at his side. His armor hung on the rack by the drill press, his cloak as well. He wore normal clothes, work boots, jeans, and a brand new PJ Fox fuckton of nuts t-shirt. Magda had to admit the old-timey logo looked wicked cool. Dragon sat by the gun rack, right in front of Magda's Keltec KSG shotgun, the one Lincoln had given her after his night at the warehouse when he had first met Billy. The dog's tongue lolled. Her long-haired tail slowly swish-swished against the gun rack, 
Her bright eyes looked back and forth between Lincoln and Billy. You're going to smack me, Billy said to Lincoln. I don't like getting smacked. Billy's knees were bent slightly and his guard was up. A good stance, Magda had to admit. Much improved. What he hadn't improved on, though, was his level of aggression. The kid looked scared. Not that Magda could blame him. He was facing off against Lincoln Franks, after all. Lincoln sighed. You are boring me, Billy. Show me what Magda taught you. Nuh-uh, Billy said. No way. She taught me how to kick someone in the balls or cheap shot their knee. I ain't sure that's right, you know? Lincoln laughed. If I had a five spot for every sack I'd kicked, I'd have a million dollars. That's 200,000 sacks, Ariella said. That's a lot of sacks. Ariella was leaning against the workbench. Her shoulders turned just so. Miss Thang had decided to grace the training session with her presence. Magda did not like that. Ariella had abandoned her conservative lawyer attire. Instead, she wore an outfit more suited to a night in the town. Black heels, a skirt that hugged her fishnet-clad legs, and a top showing more than a little bit of cleavage beneath her ever-present turquoise necklace. Ariella looked hot. Magda didn't like that, either. A hundred grand per nut, Lincoln smiled at the lawyer. That's some pretty valuable real estate. Since the two of them had returned from Callista's, she was being nicer to him, and he was being nicer to her. Magda did not like that most of all. That's not how math works, Link, Magda said. Come on, little peen. You gotta spar if you're gonna get good at this. First learn stand, then learn fly. Billy glanced at her. But I thought you said, strike first, strike hard, no mer- Lincoln slapped him, the sound reverberating off the workshop's stone and concrete walls. Ariella hissed in through her teeth, wincing at the strike's stinging volume. Keep your eyes on the threat, Lincoln said. Billy rubbed at his cheek, squinting in pain. Ow, 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 he said. You're an asshole, Link. You know that. Lincoln crossed his arms. You're training to fight. Fighting hurts. You think you'd know that by now, the way you've let punks beat your ass for so long. Or maybe you like getting the shit kicked out of you. That why you've been the run of your neighborhood your whole life, you weak little shit? Shut up, Billy said. You think I like it? I hate it. Everyone's bigger than me. Lincoln shrugged. Or maybe you're a masochist. You like pain. You eat it like candy. Chips, dips, chains, whips, that sort of thing. I should take you back to Cordis. I mean, if you want to be a bitch, I'm sure Bingles and Not-So-Tiny Tim can dress you in a gimp suit, bend you over, and... Billy shot forward, turned to his right, drove his right foot down at Lincoln's knee. Magda had a moment, just a moment, to appreciate that Billy did it just like she had showed him. Then his foot struck home. As it did, Lincoln lifted his foot and bent his leg. Billy's foot hit the inside of Lincoln's knee. Lincoln's leg harmlessly absorbed the impact. Good, Lincoln said. That's more like it. Billy stepped back, fists raised, snot dripping from his nose. He was on the verge of tears. 
I don't like it, Link. I hate being weak. I hate being small. He was so upset. Magda wanted to stop the drill, but Lincoln wasn't Magda. This was how Lincoln taught. It isn't about your size. Lincoln's voice remained calm and measured. Well, to some extent it is, sure. But there ain't any weight classes in my line of work, kid. If that had been anyone else just now, you would have put him down. You feel how mad you are? Billy flipped Lincoln the bird. I'm this mad, you piece of shit! Good, Lincoln said. I'll teach you how to channel that anger. How to... You killed Joe! You murdered my friend! Lincoln took a step back. He seemed confused. Kid, I saved your life. You saved my life because you changed your mind about killing me for money. I was a nothing to you, so much so that you stopped by a restaurant to pick up stale bread for a goddamn bird on your way to cutting off my head for a paycheck. Well, yeah, Lincoln said. But I didn't know you then. And I didn't kill Big Hack. The Jaboas got him. You know that. Billy's hands went to the sides of his head, pressed hard. His eyes filled with rage. You killed Joe! You don't even remember, do you? Do you? Lincoln blinked. Ah, uh, well, no. But to be fair, I, I kind of kill a lot of people. Magda's jaw clenched. That's probably not something he wants to hear right now, Link. Billy pointed to the Caltech shotgun in the rack behind Dragon. Do you remember that? You remember using it to kill the guy who was standing right next to me? Lincoln stared at the weapon for a moment, then realization broke over his face. Oh yeah, now I remember. That guy was your friend? Magda had aimed that same weapon at Billy. When she had set it down, he'd looked at it so oddly. She hadn't thought much of it at the time, but now? Now it added up. Look, I didn't know he was your friend, Lincoln said. I'm sorry about that. Let's get back to training, all right? Good Lord, Lincoln, Ariella said. Can't you see this isn't the time to talk like that? He looked at her, and Magda was glad to see he did so with anger. Listen to me, all of you. Shit's about to go down. I'll be honest. I don't know if I can pull this off. Which means, Billy, when I leave this church tonight, I might not come back. I might not be around to teach you. So do I see you're upset? Sure. Your pal died. People die all the fucking time. Do your fee-fees matter if you die? Not a lick. Nut up, shut up, and let's get back to work. The kid was way too wound up to spar. To do anything, really. For fuck's sake, Link, Magda said. Learn to read the room, will you? Billy's hands dropped. This is just too much. Tears came down. I just learned the magic is real. The monsters come out of the walls and eat you if you do something wrong. That there are psychos like you running around slaughtering anyone they like. That there is an entire continent, or whatever the fuck it is, where all of mankind's religions have their own nation or subdivision or whatever. And probably a bunch of more bizarre shit I can't remember right now. He shook his head. I am done. I need a break from all of this. From you. You feel me? I need to go see my grandma. 
Lincoln crossed his arms. No way. It ain't just for me, Billy said. I'm worried about her. Bush might rough her up or something. You won't let me call her. I got to warn her. Magda felt for the kid. It had to be hard. But there were realities in life. Look, Billy, you need to stay here, Magda said. It's safest for you and your grandma both. Lincoln shook his head. Holy shit, kid. Are you stupid? You know, you seem so smart, but maybe that's all just an act. Are you really this fucking dumb? You can't see your grandmother, and that's that. Now get in your goddamn stance and let's get back to work. With the back of his hand, Billy wiped tears from his cheek, then snot from his nose. I'm going to bed. He walked out of the workshop. Dragon looked at Lincoln, then trotted out after Billy. You're a real piece of work, Franks, Ariella said. A real piece of work. She strode out, her high heels clicking. Lincoln's lip curled into a sneer. I don't need this right now. I'm trying to help him. Magda knew he was. Sometimes your way of offering support, it ain't the best, Magda said. To be honest, Link, sometimes you remind me of your dad. He stared straight down. Not you too, Megs, okay? Not now. Magda felt bad for having said it. Okay, maybe you're not the only one who has trouble reading the room, she said. Tell you what, let's use the time to get you good and geared up. Make sure everything is tip-top. How's that sound? Still staring at his feet, Lincoln nodded. Yeah, he said. Let's do that. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023 Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Superweapon. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.